0: And welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host Carrie Siggins. I'm so happy you're here today. Oh, I have a fun conversation for you today. I am interviewing Julie Broad. Uh, she is the founder of a self-publishing ser- book services company called Book Launchers, and she is Amazon's overall number one best-selling author. Like that is amazing, right? And so she knows what it takes to be a best-selling author and she does it all through self-publishing. Book Launchers has a really great process that helps people who know that they have a book in them, particularly people who want to write a nonfiction book, particularly leaders who have a story that they want to share with the world to make an impact, to help them bring more awareness to their business and advance them as being a thought leader. You can do this on your own without having to get a traditional book publishing deal Or go to a hybrid publisher, which is what I've done and we've talked about on this show before. So, anyway, she's really, really cool. She's a a fun leader. She's so self aware and really leans into the challenges of building a team and growing a company. She's been a ridiculously successful real estate investor, built a real estate training company. She's done all kinds of things that have accumulated to where she is now, and that is helping people um, to produce the, the book that's inside them. She's a renowned speaker. She does all kinds of speaking events, talking about strategies on how to write a book that helps you build your business and create yourself as a thought leader and have more impact and influence in the world, which is something that we all want, even if we're scared to write a book or even if we never think we're going to. So this is a super fun interview. I hope that you enjoy it. I'm sure that you will. And so hang tight and I'll be right back with Julie. (laughs) everyone and welcome back. I have Julie Broad on the show with me today. Julie, thank you so much for joining me. Oh,
1: thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: Oh, this is going to be fun. Um, I love what you do. I'm in the midst of, uh, I'm through writing my book. I'm in the editing stages. So we're going to have all kinds of fun conversations about books and leadership and all all of that. So um, I just can't wait to pick your brain. All right, let's do it. (laughs) All right. So Let's talk a little bit about you first. So you have been um, an entrepreneur. You've started different businesses um, across real estate, now in the book business.
1: So can you give us a little bit about your about your entrepreneurial and leadership journey? Yeah, for sure. It's kind of one of those things that I I got into real estate initially just to create options for myself. And then when I was tired in the job I was in, I dove into real estate because it was there. I was already investing, so I kind of went in there. Um, and it was through real estate that I got into book writing. I, I it's a long story but the very short version is I created a platform. I was teaching people how to invest in real estate and I got approached by a couple of publishers and suddenly I was like woohoo book deal. You know and I was so excited and I told them my book idea cuz you know everybody seems to have one <laughs> and I had one and the, they were like no 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 like that that's you know that's been done. It was just, they thought it was a generic real estate book. Uh, And then they said, but we have an idea for you. And so they this was Wiley and they gave me a book idea. And we went back and forth for three months building the proposal, which is also very unusual. So I just assumed there was a book deal at the end of this path. But what it was was a rejection letter (laughs) at the end saying that I didn't have a strong enough platform to sell books. So they like dangled me along for all this time and then rejected me. But it was, you know, as I think a lot of us see over time, it was a really, really great gift because I ended up writing the book I originally wanted to write. And I self-published it, and I also did it with determination to do it better than if Wiley had given me the book deal. And so I ended up taking it to number one on Amazon, you know, in print books ahead of Dan Brown, ahead of Game of Thrones, and and it just opened up this world of publishing to me and the possibilities and the fact that you can have full control and you can have all the rights and you don't need this gatekeeper. And so over time, I kind of dreamed up book launchers, which is where I am today. And I'm helping other people, you know, create these fantastic, traditionally published quality book and they keep all the rights and royalties in control. Yeah,
0: that's great. We'll dive into that a little bit, but let's talk about how you bounce back, right? I'm sure that was really hard feeling like, oh, there's going to be this book deal. And then you get the rejection letter. You know, what was that like for
1: you? Yeah, I mean, it was also extra hard because I had friends who got book deals with Wiley. In fact, like the very thing that I had just gone through, they went through and they came out of the other side with a book deal. And I remember seeing this one picture of three of my friends at a dinner with Wiley authors. There was a couple authors I didn't know, but three of them were my friends. And it was like the Wiley, dinner, the, the Wiley author dinner. And I was like, I should be there. Uh, and so I had a lot of like, I'm not good enough. Like, why am I not good enough kind of feelings? And that was the hardest part, I think, to kind of overcome was like that feeling of well, I didn't get chosen. Somebody else hasn't told me it's okay. Um, and they all were chosen and they're good enough. And and so it was like that honestly was the hardest thing. And to get over it, I, I mean, I don't think I ever get over those feelings. They, I just kind of learned to put them in the back seat and give them a sandwich and be like, we're doing this. Like you can, you can chap at me all you want, but we're doing it. <laughs> um, but I, I focused on the reader and I really thought about the book I wanted to write and why I wanted to write it. It had nothing to do with me. It was really about the other investors who were starting out that were about to make the same mistakes I'd made, and I felt that I had to write the book, even if I could help one of them avoid some of the things that I'd gone through. And and that's what got me through it.
0: And so was it liberating, right, to be okay? I'm going to write this. I'm going to you know write this book, do this other project that wasn't really what I originally had set out to do, and then you recover from the rejection and then go write your own book. So what was that like, right, of of being able to move in the creative direction that you wanted to after that process? Yeah,
1: it was a much easier book to write. I think it was still hard. Like that's not to make it sound like, oh, the book like just magically flowed out of me. But the book they wanted me to write, I look back and I am so grateful I didn't write that book. I had zero interest in it. So I think it would have been a really, really tough slog to get through it. Whereas this book, I was excited to write it. I was I was a little scared because I was sharing things that I hadn't made public at the time. But yeah, it was it was much easier to write the book that I felt I was meant to write or should write. Yeah, yeah. All right.
0: So how then did that lead to book launchers? Yeah, I mean, it
1: wasn't overnight as nothing is. I was. It actually kind of really catapulted my business at the time. I was. I had a real estate training and education company, and we invested in real estate. Um, and so we had people calling us saying, hey, we've got $250,000, can you invest it? So it grew the real estate side pretty quickly. And then it also grew our training and education company quite quickly. So I was really busy for a while uh, with all of that. But bit by bit, I was getting bored. And my husband in particular, who um, we did all the real estate investing stuff together. He was getting bored and getting into acting and like doing other things. And so it just kind of, long story, came to be like, I, I want to do something else. We wanted to move to the states. and so I dreamed up a business, that was in Canada before, by the way. and I wanted I just dreamed up a business that we could use to apply for a visa to move to the states, and that was book launchers.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. And so uh, and so has the, what is the premise behind book launchers and has it changed since you dreamed up your idea?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's five years now that we've been, we've been doing book launchers and it's all about cr- writing, publishing, and promoting a book a nonfiction book for growing your business, growing your brand, um, you know, establishing yourself as a thought leader. Uh, and the premise has not changed because this. I started it to create books that were traditionally published quality and to do it with marketing from the beginning. Because the thing I saw with people who did self-publish was they would write the book and then they would figure out how to market it. And it would either end up with the wrong book for their goals or the book wouldn't sell because they hadn't aligned it to the reader that needed to read it. Um, And so everything we do at book launchers is the top quality. Like this is not a service for people who are going, I'm going to like cheaply make a book because this is the absolute best quality of a book you can produce. Um, And it's oriented right from the beginning to be set up to sell and achieve your goals.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: So what, why do you think leaders should write a book?
0: Like what, what is your pitch around, you know, getting, getting people to do the hard work of
1: writing a book? Yeah, I mean I never try to convince somebody that they have to write a book. <laughs> yep. You know, you know, it's not easy. You bet yes, it has it has to come from within. Um, and so I think somebody has to be because there's a lot of people who are like, I know a book would help my business. And I'm like, yeah, you're not ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you really do have to have some sort of an internal drive usually for impact, right? Because like, I don't. I think the desire to make money from it wanes um, when you're working on it. But if you desire to have that impact, so the, the conversations we usually have revolve around like what does success with a book look like for you? And who is like, at the end of the day, who do you picture reading your book and how is their life changing or improving or what's different after they're done reading your book? And if somebody is connected to those two answers, then we're probably going to be able to help them create a really great book. Um, this, the person who comes in and just says, I just need to be a bestseller. Okay. And, you know, that's, it's, it's a very tough journey and setting yourself up to be a bestseller with none of the other pieces in place, it, it's, it's tough. So yeah, I never try to convince anybody, but if you feel compelled to have an impact on a certain person's life with a message, then yeah, you've probably got potential for a book.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's um, totally the reason why I wrote mine. And mine is, you know, shares my leadership journey and then all around this idea of ownership thinking. I run an employee owned company. And one of the really powerful things that that I learned through writing and just in general, and I've always been a writer, so it comes naturally for me. But I always encourage people to write because writing articles, writing blogs, and then writing this book has helped me get so clear on my message, on my purpose, on my why, on that impact, and being able to like truly articulate exactly, you know, my belief system and and how that can translate into growing a company and building this amazing culture. And I I love it. Adam Grant talks about this a lot. I just saw a post on Instagram the other day about the the power of writing. It isn't just, it isn't to like get your thoughts out, right? It's to actually really refine and clarify your thinking so that you can make a bigger impact. And that's definitely been my experience yeah. um, with this. I know not everybody wants to write a book. I know not everybody, you know, even fewer are going to actually do it. But I think that's the most surprising thing I found through this process is just how much clarity it has given me through that whole process.
1: Yeah, I love I love that you experienced that. We've had we've had clients whose business has actually grown while they're writing the book because they've clarified their audience. Like they're like, "Oh my goodness, like this is this is the person I'm serving and why?" And then that feeds into their marketing messaging, and then some of them have also found like really cool acronyms because they're like, "I really need a way to explain like this process that I have." And then through writing the book, they kind of force themselves to create uh, that thing, and now they've got this thing that's like taking on a life of its own, and people are posting and sharing, and and it it causes that growth. So it is, it is it gives you that space and time and forces you to think through things that you probably in your day to day aren't thinking through. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I love it. So I think a lot of people can understand the concept of writing a book to drive business, right? To you know to to establish yourself as that thought leader, really from a, an external viewpoint, right? But what about from like inside your company? Like that's one of the interesting things that that we'll see um, that happens once I publish my book. My book, of course, shares a lot of stories about my company. Like, how do you think leaders can use books to, I don't know, like motivate their employees or help their employees feel like they're part of, you know, something that's bigger?
1: Yeah, it's been a fun, that's been a fun one because I put out a book last year uh, called Self Publish and Succeed, which was, you know, our three and a half years at that point of learning on what processes work and what processes you know don't work and we put it all in a book and it it's not my like my books my name's on the title but everybody calls it the book launchers book um which is really cool like it is a company book we use it for hiring too um, onboarding people have to read it as part of their onboarding process we work with a lot of contractors the contractors get a copy of the book too So now they're more integrated with our culture and they know like our no boring books philosophy and they know what we mean when we're saying marketing focused and marketing is layered. Um, And so it's a powerful training tool and culture tool. And I think done well, I think you're right, like it unifies the team and also clarifies some of the things that, you know, we as leaders can just kind of assume that we've communicated, but we actually haven't or it's been misunderstood. And the book actually is like a reference guide.
0: (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly how I see mine playing out too. Because of the specificity, mine, you know, ownership mindset, it's all around um this idea of of taking of self-leadership, right? And mm-hmm. and how you lead yourself and then how you lead others and it is very much based on my company and and being employee owned and and how I learned, you know, starting at 20, I was 28 when I when I joined this company to start running it and I had no idea what I was doing. And so that's what I'm really excited about. And that was not why I set out to write it, right? It was <laughs> like, I just felt like I had this book in me and it wasn't to even try to drive more business to our company because it's not about what we do, right? We, yeah. we make high pressure water blasting tools, but like I just wanted to get this whole thing out. And now I'm beginning to see how it's going to be this really interesting tool to for recruitment and for helping my our employees understand who we are. Mm-hmm. The company really takes on the personality of their of their leaders. And so what a great like, you know, tool to be able to give employees to be like, oh, okay, now I understand why all of this is happening or why we think this way, why we show up this way. But I didn't have that in my mind at all when I was writing this book. So it's been a really fun discovery. I'm sure it was for you too.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, we're working on a new one. And I, I say we very, um, very enthusiastically because while I've kind of driven the content, the team is contributing, the team's ex- as excited for it to come out as I am maybe even more because I have to do a lot of the marketing work. So I'm, I might be less excited for that than they are. But um, but yeah, it is it, the, the fact that it's a tool that we can even give our clients to. I mean, in our case, it's a little different than your book because ours is our process. And so a lot of our clients will reference it and it makes that job easier for the team too. Cause they're like, Oh, it's in chapter six. And they're like, Oh yeah, I read that. You know, it, it, everybody's on the same page with it, which is really, really, really cool. I
0: love it. I love it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your team and your leadership style. I know that you say that you you know, really look to build leaders within your organization, right? So can you talk about, you know, what your company is like, what your culture is like and, and what you do to really refine and cultivate it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's actually interesting because I set the direction but the team really is the ones that figure out how they're going to execute and get where they want to go and so we just did our annual planning because our year starts in July 1st and it's it was fun because even though everybody kind of plans their own departments separate we came together with like this one okay this year is the year of simplification you know in previous years it was like this is the year of process this is the year of team um, and it's it's funny because before the meeting, I didn't say like, this is the theme for the year, but everybody comes together and kind of creates. And because we're also, I'm not a micromanager. I, I, I can't be. It's just not my personality. I'm not able. Like if you're somebody who needs step-by-step clear instructions, I am not your person, <laughs> which is has drawbacks and, and benefits. Uh, but as a company, it's been great because I have some people who are really great at figuring out, okay, that's where she wants to go. So here's my options and I'm going to do it this way. And, you know, we learn and we grow uh, together, but it's really fun to see everybody kind of come together with plans that are all going to take us in the same direction. So that's been really cool.
0: That's awesome. So what's been the biggest mistake that you've made, whether it's with book launchers or, or some of your previous companies um, on this leadership journey? Just one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> However however vulnerable you want to get with us, you just do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly hard to pick one. I'm trying to find one that kind of stands out. I mean, at times I think I give people too much room, and so they can, be, they can feel overwhelmed. Like, I will set the direction and let them do their thing, and I check in. We have regular meetings, but I kind of rely on people to say, hey, like, you need to help me with this. And sometimes I can not realize that I haven't given people enough. And so that is one mistake that I, I still make sometimes is I'm like, I'm like okay, well, we said we were doing this. So why are you doing this? And they're like, well, you know, and I've, I've just left them too, I've given them too much space. And so there's a fine line that I don't always get right about giving people direction and giving them support, but also giving them space to make their mistakes and grow and learn and figure things out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely done that before too. I mean, I think that's the the toughest part about that, about delegation, right. Is that, am I, am I giving this person enough space versus not checking in enough? And, and, um, and I'm definitely the kind of person, like I'm wanting to work on the vision, right. I want to work on the big picture stuff, but the devil is in the details. And so like really good leaders have to find that balance of, how much autonomy to give after you set the vision um, and and helps and help set the direction versus paying attention to the details and making sure that people are staying on track and and every person is different it requires some you know different level of autonomy versus you know follow-up. Yeah. so I totally relate to that too. but I always tell leaders who I'm mentoring or you know coaching within my company, like you, you need to give autonomy, but you've got to care about the details, Yeah, right? Because <laughs> yeah. That's what execution is, is the details. It doesn't mean that you have to be in them. You have to be making decisions. It doesn't mean any of that, but you've got to be aware of what's going on in your company. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, that's a tricky balance sometimes for sure.
1: Yeah. We've gotten, we've kind of solved a lot of it by creating metrics boards and having processes. So you get a lot more, um, what do you call it? Lateral pressure and lateral checks, so that it's not, you know, that it doesn't have to be a check that comes from top down. Mm-hmm. But it is, it, it, you know, when something goes wrong, too, there's also the you got to take a deep breath and not like charge in and be like, okay, I'm fixing this, right? <laughs> so okay, yeah. it, there's a lot of that, but um, but I enjoy it for the most part. So mm-hmm. so that's been that's been good. But it's definitely a mistake. I've definitely seen things go sideways, and I haven't stepped in fast enough. And sometimes I've stepped yep. in too fast. So yep.
0: Yeah. Man. Well, thanks for sharing that. So you've said that you love to try new things, which completely resonates with me. I'm that kind of person too. And like really lean into things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that and and how leaning into the, that discomfort has brought you greater success as a leader?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've experienced a ton because of that. And that I think when you experience things, you learn lessons and lessons are the greatest teacher. Um, it, you know, cause when things go right, it's great, but it's hard to actually extract lessons. So I mean, a perfect example is us getting really comfortable in real estate. We could have just kicked back and lived like an easy life, but it was like, man, we're getting comfortable. Like, okay, let's shake it up. Like, <laughs> okay, uh, we'll move to the States. We'll start a brand new business. And, uh, you know, at the time I ended up actually getting pregnant partway through our moving process. So then we threw a baby into the mix. Um, so, but all of that, it creates these really rich, Experiences and and it's not I wouldn't recommend it for every personality type because it is challenging and there's moments that are really high stress, but those things create the greatest moments and the greatest memories and I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for anything else. Um, and as a leader, it gives me the ability to kind of feel compassion to people, understand people that are going through all kinds of things that I haven't experienced, but I can I've experienced something. That allows me to see the emotion and kind of reflect on the emotion they're feeling and how it would be to be in their shoes, uh, which is powerful.
0: yeah, I agree. There is so much, there's just so much goodness in getting through hard things. um, and, you know, certainly, it builds um, upon our capabilities and our competencies, right? That the more that we lean into those difficult things, we learn, right? No one ever says, "Oh, that was so easy. I learned so much." It was like, <laughs> "Oh, God, I really screwed that up," or "That was very stressful. I had to have hard conversations. I had to make decisions when I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be," yeah. and that's really where we stretch ourselves. and And I mean, I I personally believe like that's the essence of being human. I always tell people like don't, why are you upset when you have a problem to solve? Like that is literally what we are put on this planet to do. We either have problems that are given to us to solve, or we go create our own that we have to figure out. Like we're meant to solve problems. And so, you know, figure out how to find pleasure, even in that discomfort, pleasure in some of the suffering that comes with it, because that's how we grow as, as human beings. So I can really appreciate You know, that situation you found yourself in of, like, oh, we're moving to a new country, starting a new business, have a new baby. Like, how are we going to figure this out? But you come out on the other side, and I'm sure you felt, you know, so much more
1: resilient and stronger as a human being, as a mother. Yeah, and I I think there's a couple things there. Is Like, first of all, like, I wouldn't say anything can be thrown at me because I really don't want to invite that. But you, you get the confidence that you can go through, like, hard things. So things don't phase you as much. Um, You know, and even with the company, like speaking of company culture, one of the things I'm always telling them is, okay, like, it's a new problem. Great. Like, we want new problems. What we don't want are the same problems coming up over and over again. And so whenever we have a new problem, we're like, okay, cool. This means we're going to go to a new level of growth. Like, we're about to learn something new. We're going to, you know, like, it's It's always where the evolution and the growth and the innovation comes from. And so we as a company, you know, I've tried as much as possible to make people excited when it's a new problem. And if it's an old problem coming back, well, then like, this is not a good thing. So let's fix that.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. I agree. And you're right. You do, you know, I think that the more you deal with as a leader, the easier it is to handle that next problem that's thrown at you, not Mm -hmm. to agree that you want to manifest that into your life. But I was just talking to my husband about a conversation. My husband does not handle stress like I do. Like almost nothing phases me at this point. It's just like, okay, well, we'll figure out how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said that he was like, how does this not stress you out? And I was like, well, because it is what it is. And what is stressing about it? That's not going to change anything right now. So you know, I'm going to have a phone call tomorrow and, and that'll, I'll have more information about what the next step is going to be, but I can't do that until tomorrow. And he's like, God, I cannot wait until I'm at that point. But what he doesn't see is that he's actually gotten a lot better at handling really stressful situations within his business than what he did five years ago. Yes. He may not be as far along on that journey, but you do like stuff just doesn't phase you as much when you're like, okay, I've been there, I've done that, and I'm not going to sit there and you know lose sleep over it tonight because I'll figure it out tomorrow,
1: and I've gone through this before. Yeah, a friend actually kind of explained it to me in a really great way, and he's like, every time you experience something, all you do is you experience, you grow your capacity, and you're growing your capacity yeah. to hold the stress and the joy at the same time. And the more you become a bigger, I don't know, bigger, greater leader, whatever you want to call, you know, like the more you handle and the the more you can have thrown at you. And it's so it's a really cool way to kind of look at it as, oh, like, oh, this is another problem. Great, I'm expanding.
0: (laughs) I totally agree. Totally agree. I love that, right? The the joy and the the stress, right? I, I, I love Victor and I don't know if you can say I love Victor Frankl's Man's Search of Meaning. Like there's not a lot to love about that book, but um because it's so uh, heartbreaking yeah. and sad. But I it resonated with me because I do think that there is so much meaning in suffering and that there even can be joy in suffering if we're not afraid of it. <laughs> and it's such a good mindset to be able to have of like hey through this that growth is going to happen, so let's find the way to be able to 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 grow in it, to look at it in a positive way to you know, appreciate and be grateful for the lessons that you're going to learn from it. So I really like that way that he worded that for you. I think that's um, spot on for sure.
1: Not that you want to do that all the time, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a way to handle, like when the problem hits, it's a great way to be like, okay, great. Now I'm just expanding. Like there's more room, you know, and I, I love that because the bigger your company gets, the more room you have to have in order to you know, still enjoy life and handle the issues that come up, kind of like you said, like, oh, yeah, well, I can't do anything about it right now. So let's carry on. And it's like Richard Branson, I always think of him like he's such a calm person who's able to find joy in life. And yet there has to be like with all the companies and all the things like there has to be pure chaos swirling around all of that. But, you know, he can find that calm, like joy in life and have space for both. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. I love it. I love it.
0: All right. Let's circle back to the business um, and get a little bit more into the nuts and bolts of how you work with your clients. So let's say a listener of mine wants to come in and and, and write a book, self-publish. What kind of process do you walk them through?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a very elaborate <laughs> process. So when you come in, uh, usually we're having a, an author branding conversation with you, actually. So we're figuring out, you know, who are you? How does the book fit? Because book is usually an extension of your personal brand. And what makes you unique and cool as a person is what we'll use to market the book. And then how does that fit with the person you want to connect with? How does it fit with that audience? So it's actually an author branding marketing call that kicks it off. And then some of our clients write their own books. So we pair them with a writing coach who develops the hook of the book and works with you on audience and outline and chapter structure and all of that. Um, or if you're going to a writer, it's the same thing. They're still. De- creating all the same parts, but the writer is either taking your content. So if you have podcast episodes or if you're a speaker, we work with a lot of speakers whose keynote talk is kind of the backbone of their book. Um, And so they'll take all the materials they have and then they'll interview you to fill in the gaps or interview you to fill in the whole book. If you have, if you don't have any content to begin with, but as you know, and as you're starting to find out, that's only the first hard part. (laughs) You get the draft done. And even if you work with a writer, it's still, there's still challenge because it's that, the thinking through of the material that requires you to work. Um, And so in both cases, you have to get clarity and get ways to explain your story and find out those pieces. But once that's done, you're going through a content edit, two rounds of a copy edit and a proofread. And while we're doing that, we're doing a whole bunch of marketing things. We are researching your pricing, your categories, your keywords for Google, as well as for Amazon. Uh, we're, we're looking at, okay, what's your roadmap for launch gonna be? What's your launch strategy? Where, where are your audience hanging out? Where are we gonna be pitching you? Because at the end of all this, my team works alongside with the authors to pitch them to podcasts and speaking appearances and library events and bookstore events and basically all the kind of things that book marketing needs to have, Amazon ads, you know book awards, all those things. We're going to be doing that with you. So we need to do the research to be ready when the book is coming out. Um, so we've got all of that for the team to go and pitch. So um, yeah, in three minutes, I explained what takes most people, you know, 12 months to 15 months. <laughs> Good time. Yeah.
0: And are most of the people who you work with, do they have you, you know, do the writing, you know, whether it's ghostwriting or the interview, how, what does that look like? Um, for within book, book launchers?
1: It's a real mix. And some people start yeah. writing the book themselves and then switch to a writer, which truthfully, my my most recent book that is going to come out next year, I did that. I wrote the first three quarters and then was just struggling to get the last quarter done. And then I, I kind of laughed at myself. I'm like, I have seven writers. <laughs> like, why don't I give my book to one of them and let them finish it? <laughs> um, so So yeah, so some people will start writing the book themselves and then switch to a writer. Others come in. It's it's not even it's not even a 50/50 split though. I would say we veer a little bit more heavily to people writing their own book.
0: Yeah. Okay. And why is, you know, what are the pros and cons of self-publishing versus hybrid going to, you know, a hybrid publisher and then a traditional pub- publisher? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, for traditional, I think a lot of people have to really look at the book deal and make sure it's something worth signing um because i would have been i just using my own story is i would have wrote a book i didn't care about and been expected to promote it and i would have made about 80 cents maybe 88 cents per book sold um and i wouldn't have been able to sell bulk books um at least not and make the kind of money i did on it and i sold a lot in the back of rooms and for speaking engagements and things like that where it cost me 4 dollars per copy and i was selling it for 20 so mm-hmm. um it's It's limiting, but if you get a great book deal, like if you get a six figure advance or a high five figure advance, um, and that tells you they're going to put a lot of weight behind your book, then you can, you know that might be a good deal. Anything less than that, you got to remember you're giving up your your story. You're giving up your rights to this material. And they may not do an audiobook, but you won't have the right to do it. you you If somebody wants to turn your book into a TV series of any kind, which ha- which happens a lot more than people realize, you won't have the rights to negotiate that. So there's a lot of pieces that I think people should pay really close attention to and make sure they're getting a lot in exchange for that book deal. Hybrid's a little different. You keep the rights. Um, depending on the hybrid, they have bookstore distribution, which can be one of the hardest things about self-publishing It's getting that physical bookstore distribution. So if physical bookstore distribution is important to you, doing your research on a hybrid to make sure you're working with a good one, because there are some, you know, not good ones, very not good ones. But, you know, bookstore distribution can be a great reason to go with a hybrid, Um, make sure they've got a great editorial and great cover team. But self-publishing to me is kind of the entrepreneurial way (laughs) because you have all the control so you don't have to worry about anybody else and you have, you keep all the rights and you keep all the royalties, but you're also driving the bus. So, Uh, why a company like book launchers can be really useful is we're overseeing everything. You don't have to figure out who to hire at every phase. We're building marketing in and all of those things. Cause if you self publish on your own, you have to figure out who do I hire? How do I hire them? What makes them good? And are they doing good work? Because that's the other thing you don't necessarily, I certainly don't know what is a good layout. I, I do now, but I didn't before like, what are the things I need to look for to see if somebody's actually done a good job or not? Um, so it's a lot. But yeah, so I, I'm a fan of self-publishing, obviously. Um, it's a, been a great gift. But I think there's good reasons for certain people to to go like each for each opportunity. Yep. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I went the hybrid publishing route. And I interviewed, I guess, probably 10, um, 10 hybrid pub- publishers. But I, I did it for that reason of like, look, I'm running, you know, I run a, a, a fairly big company, and I don't have the time to be driving the bus, but I want to own everything because I think that there's lots, you know, I want, there's lots of different things I'm going to do with this book. And I wanted to own all of the rights to yeah. it. And I also was like, yeah, I'm, I'm writing it. I don't really know if I'm going to go shop it and what all of that means. So I was like, it just seems like this makes the the best sense for me with being able to, you know, still have, um, you know, complete creative control and ownership but just not have to worry about all of the rest of the, the things that I have to to do, at least while I do this first one. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see what happens. You know, maybe it's great. Maybe I decide to self-publish next one, or maybe I get a book deal the next one. Yeah. All right. So as we wrap things up, um, I have two questions that I'd like to ask you. So the first one is the name of this podcast is Reflect Forward. What does Reflect Forward mean to you?
1: Uh, I think it means when you – look at any challenge, because we've been talking about challenges and problems and things like that, it's rather than like being in the moment, like, oh my gosh, this is so hard, like reflect forward that this is going to give you a gift that you're going to be really grateful for. It's going to create momentum or innovation or something else great in the future. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic.
0: And if you had one piece of advice for leaders looking to be at the very best at what they do, what would it be?
1: I think connect to your core, like who are you at your core, and be as true to that as you possibly can because that will make you the best leader possible.
0: Yeah. And you'll be happier, right? right. More fulfilling. All that imposter syndrome and <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to pretend to be somebody, and all that does is just cause more problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, so how can people find you? I want to help people get to you so that they can get the book that's inside of
1: them out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the best thing for that is to go to booklaunchers.com forward slash seven steps. It's the number seven steps. That will give you a download to work through who's my audience, why am I writing this book, like what needs to be in the book. Um, That will help you with that. Um, If you want to just hang out with me, I hang out on YouTube all the time. So booklaunchers.tv um, that's the one place that I've kept to myself. My my team doesn't oversee the YouTube channel at all. So when somebody's responding to you from book launchers, it's me.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell, tell us about your YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, every Tuesday and Friday we put out, new, well, we, me, I put out a new video um, and it's all tips around writing, publishing, and promoting your book. So uh, I went to the American Library Association and we were meeting with all the libraries in the U.S. to help get better distribution and better library programming for our authors. And so I did a big, I've done a big series on, you know, getting your book into libraries and how that matters. And so lots of things like that.
0: Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I'm going to go check it out. (laughs) That's fantastic. And how about if they want to connect directly with you?
1: I mean, that's the best thing to do. And then when you sign up, yeah, when you sign up for the seven steps, you also, I think the first email you get actually comes from my email address. Um, So you can always hit reply and that will go to me.
0: Perfect. Excellent. Well, I will include all of that in the show notes um, so that everybody has easy access. Uh, Julie, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, it's so exciting. I wish I would have met you a year ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wish we would have too. I would have loved to work with you. <laughs> well, I wish you all well, the you success.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you. Well, you never know about the second one. Uh, so it's it's in there. It's in there. It's formulating. So, but I really appreciate learning all of this and I cannot wait to share it with my listeners because I know many of them are, have have told me like, I really want to write a book, but I don't know how to get started. And so this is, this will be really, really helpful for all of them. So thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Hang tight, everybody. I'll be right back. Okay, everybody, I am back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Julie and maybe are inspired to write that book. Um, it is such an interesting process to go through, uh, to get your story out, to get your message out. And now there's this really easy way to do it through self-publishing, but you don't have to do all the work. Uh, so I encourage you, if you are thinking about writing one, do it. It is one of the most rewarding, although hard, things that you can never do. All right. With that, I will leave you until next week. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And if you like this podcast, please write a review, subscribe to it, share it with a friend, talk about it, let people know. It always helps with the algorithms and I so, so appreciate it. I am so grateful to all of my listeners. This is really turning into a very special podcast because of all of you. So thank you so much. All right. Take care. Talk to you next week.